Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live from a couple of places on the internet. We're live on Crowdcast. We're live on YouTube. Maybe you're listening to us later on the podcast platform of your choice. Wherever you are listening, we love it. We absolutely we love it. it. We, we love it. Love we it. love all those sites. No problems. No notes. On any <laughs> yeah, of I, can, I can't think of any downsides about any sites of the Internet at all. To be honest, I think it's wow. all Safe wonderful. Space. And, no yeah, stress. It's great. Um, In any case, and actually relatedly, I think one of my favorite sites is iTunes dot com. Wow. To get podcasts. I love that place. You're always hanging around. Love get iTunes right now. Love iTunes. Great place to find music. Also great place to find podcasts. Also a great place to rate and subscribe to our podcast and something we haven't done this for a little while, but we asked folks to leave us a rating five stars and a comment in the comment request a book, a graphic novel, a comic book, either current or old that you want us to review on our stack podcast, which you want us to fight about basically, you know what I mean? We'll We'll see what happens, but we do have a new comment here that I wanted to read. This is from K Grimes Two says, been a Patreon supporter of the show for months now and thought I'd leave okay, a review Grimes. to praise your guys' work, make a suggestion, oh. and request a book review. The chemistry the three of you have is excellent. You play off each other oh, incredibly no. well. Come on. Oh. Keeping things light while also managing to make quality content reviewing comic books. One suggestion I have is mention the title of the book you're reviewing more as you're reviewing it. You mentioned the title of the book before you start reviewing, and if you don't recognize it, I forget the title. But then if you sell me on the book during the review of it, and I decide I want to check it out, I have to rewind the show to figure out what you were talking about. I'll give you well, that. you know what? It's kind of like the how old school comics, every couple of sentences, they would say their names again. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Well, Captain <laughs> America, I <laughs> agree. Me Pete, I know what Alvin. you're talking about. And Justin, do you have the same thought? Yes, um, Alvin. Oops. Uh, oh. <laughs> it's, it's funny, let's, actually, let's because we did start this again. podcast as three chipmunks, and then it morphed into a... Uh, comic book podcast yeah and we have a clear example of who's the alvin who's the simon and the theodore right let's all (laughs) let's all say it in our heads but not out loud ever say it out loud loud. we do have one more thing that Kay grimes to wrote he says i'd like to request a review of mark millar and terry dodson's miniseries for marvel trouble 
It's a Rob Cobb and the art's great. So I think Pete should have a good time and Alex and Justin should have a good time discussing the controversy that the book stirred, Aunt May being Peter Parker's biological mother. Keep up the great work. Well, Well, Kate Grimes... sounds like trouble. It does sound like trouble. It's not Kate Grimes, it's Kate Grimes 2, bro. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. Kate Grimes 2, thank you so much for the suggestion. We appreciate it. Thank you for leaving the rating. We are, in fact, going to review Trouble... On this week's stack oh, podcast, boy. Yep. Oh, that should should be, be I'm sure that'll be absolutely. I agree with both Justin and Pete, as well as Alvin, on this. Why don't we move on? Because we got a ton of guests here nice. in the show tonight. I'm gonna find our first one here. He is the creator of Digital, a new comic book that released its second issue. Uh, recently, I believe I may have the dates wrong, but his name is Rich Rod- Rich Watkin. Excuse me, he's coming to us from the UK, so it's Woo-hoo. late night for him. Yes, get him in here. Get it. We gotta tuck him in. Yes, we do. <laughs> this is how we do the podcast. This is the second week in a row. I think we've had a UK creator. Yeah, nice. Uh, and our main Going goal is to the get pond. them to bed on time. Yeah, that's <laughs> what we're all about. Got to get your eight hours in, gang. Absolutely. Good Actually, while that. we are waiting here, I will say digital chapter three. Uh, is currently on Kickstarter, 26 days to go. When you convert the money, there's a cute little conversion symbol here. Ooh. It's uh, a $4,000, $4,095 goal. He has $2,731 of it. Solid. Doing well so far. Nice. Yeah. Kicking butt. Right. Yeah. Hey, uh, Justin, I saw that hat on the TV. That's true. That's yeah. true. Uh, you'll see a lot of my clothes, my real life clothes. Um, and, uh, do you want to uh, explain what you're talking about for the podcast? Yeah, listeners? I did some light pornography and Pete has <laughs> and I wear my own clothes. Uh, no, um, the show I uh, that's weird. On... That's one of the <laughs> that's <laughs> weird. Porn, I gotta say is that's weird. I, not wearing clothes. No, but you start. You gotta give oh, them you, the, you gotta give them a little dramatic arc, uh, Alex. <laughs> yeah. Um, see, he's still gonna be wearing clothes. Oh, he's not. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, that's just a little bit of the mystery. No, the show I work on, 101 Places to Party Before You Die. Um, I've made several appearances on it. Um, the fa- season finale airs this Thursday at 11 p.m. Woo-hoo. on True TV. Um, but if you haven't seen it at all, please check it out. You can download it for like 20 bucks on Amazon the whole season. And it's a it's, fun watch. It's worth it. It's a fun laugh out loud uh, event. I had I had a blast. Yeah, I'll I'll say I'm one episode behind, but it was oh, very nice boo. seeing you yeah. on screen. Can I can yeah. I ask you while we're waiting for Rich here? Can I ask you for an yeah. inside secret? Yes. On 101 ways to die. Ways to die. What? No. 101 no. places I mean, to party before we'll, you die. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. That's next season. So there's an episode where they're getting a tattoo for Pally's birthday, Portland, and they yeah. do a montage of them asking you. Uh, if this is the, people keep recommending places to get yeah, tattoos, and they're like, "Are we going to go there?" And you're like, "Nope, that's not the place." Yeah. The last place they say is a walk-in. Was it really a walk-in, or was that actually the place they were supposed to get the tattoo? Um, we had. They didn't know that we were going there, but we, the producers, had booked the spot. Okay, so it was a surprise for them, but not uh, to us. And I was the the be- one of the most fun things about that time is we we go in and Pally doesn't he. Gabers had his tattoo idea picked out. Pally's like, I don't know what I'm going to get. And he's like, you know, I want to get something New York-y, Chrysler building. He goes through, the artist is like, draws a sketch of the Chrysler building. And he's pointing at it, and he holds up his sunglasses to point to where he wants it on his body. 
And then he looks at his sunglasses and is like, oh, you know what? Could you just tattoo my sunglasses on my arm? And that's <laughs> <laughs> Insane. Hey, welcome. Hey, that was just guys. enough time to bring Rich in. Rich, Perfect. hello. Absolutely nailed it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Long time listener, first time caller. I've always wanted oh, to say that. Oh, hell yeah. It's oh, uh, not a very British it. thing to say. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show. First of all, sweet Spider-Man cover in the background there. Uh, much, we yeah. always like to talk about everybody's uh, backdrops. Why that cover in particular? Uh, this was a present before we moved into our latest house. So um, nice. we have a, like a companion piece for it. It's a, another J. Scott Campbell cover from like a Spider-Man number one. And uh, we had a little, somehow had a little bit of spare money left over when we moved in. And there's a, a, an amazing art shop where we live and they have these signed Stan Lee prints. And it's wow. just like, cool, uh. this is what we're doing. And it's going right up there. So. That's there awesome. we are, yeah. Awesome. It looks Love great. It. Uh, well, let's talk about digital, as we mentioned earlier, and as we're now mentioning titles as much as humanly possible. Thank you, K Grimes, too. Uh, the third <laughs> issue is currently on Kickstarter. We got a peek at the first two, and they're very cool. I feel like, without touching too much on the concept, I feel like they're at least mildly inspired by Alien. Would you say that's right, or is that not one of the touch points? No, actually, 100%, uh, but not just Alien. It's yeah. kind of really kind of intrinsically covered with classic sci-fi. Uh, that was like a really big thing that we wanted to do is kind of like yeah, with brand, brand new creators, people don't classic. know us. We need to kind of make something familiar. And so having these kind of nods all the way through to kind of like classic sci-fi, like in the first few panels, he's talking about, you know, the, the Netflix sort of thing, want them to watch uh, Blade Runner, um, but there's, there's things all the way through it, not, not just sci-fi, but like classic 80s. Now, I know you guys, well, certainly um, big Top Gun fans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Truth, wow. Uh, we don't ever have Highway to the man. Danger Zone, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't have uh, a queue up. It's going to take too long. Yeah, there's, no, a, there's mention uh, when they're looking for like code names for all the characters and uh, Noose, one of the characters says, oh, I want to be called Maverick. Uh, but his real name is Mitch, Peter, uh, Mitchell Peters. Oh, which wow. Pete nice. Mitchell, yeah, the other nice. way around. Yeah, yeah. So. There you go. Nice. Now, let yeah, me ask so. you real quick. The, the the title of the first issue is Pray to Your Gods and Hold On to Your Dicks. Um, I have already, that's going on my tombstone. So I feel weird <laughs> to see it here. Um, uh, why, what's What did you come up with that title? I, I've been thinking about kind of like, something catchy like i mean what the idea you know what I mean? yeah exactly like the, the very first panel is like it throws you straight into a war zone like you're not kind of like here we are setting up the story setting up the story it's kind of like right you're in go and this is one of the lines from in in the book and i just thought you know what i think people remember that one so i'm gonna go with that <laughs> agreed uh, we'll talk about this world a little bit. Like you said, it's it does feel, I actually meant more aliens, I think, than alien. But yes. there's a lot yes. of other sci-fi influences, as you're mentioning, going in here. So what's the basic concept of the book, would you say? How would you break it down? Yeah, I mean, it, it was sort of intentionally um, not like an overdone trope about sci-fi, but something that people would feel familiar with. So this kind of fact that we live in a world where we're so over-reliant on technology you know, it does have absolutely everything for us already. And this is kind of, we're always pushing that, pushing it one step further until at some point, inevitably, you know, it's been driven into us since like the 50s. Something's going to go wrong. And 
they're going to take over at some point and it's what takes to get you to that point and then how do we react to it you know we kind of live in this this digital world where everything's handed to you on a plate you know can you imagine like 20 years ago saying like a mobile phone would have a camera on it we would have all the internet it would be able to drive you places and this is so it's to put you in this position where you're a little bit further down the line and it's going to come and fuck you over i love that because a lot of these sci-fi stories that you're talking about their seeds were like conceived in like the 50s where they were like this microwave oven is going to be trouble for us. <laughs> and now we're like literally about to put chips in our brains probably. And we're like, I don't know. It seems fine. And they would be terrified. All those uh, authors from back in the day. The wow. other thing that I thought was very fun about this book is it's pretty much nonstop action sequences throughout. Yeah. Again, at least what I've seen. So talk about scripting that a little bit, just in terms of when you're putting together the book, how you arc it out, how you arc out an action sequence. Yeah, it comes from sort of a two-part thing. So probably closer to you guys as well. Like I'm, I went to film school, so instantly things were always very visual for me. Um, I, I had this kind of mantra in my head that like every panel is prime real estate on a page. So make it mean something, and it doesn't have to be dialogue. Put what what dialogue you've got, make it mean something. But if it's going to be action do exactly what you want it to see. And we worked really hard on together, but kind of like carving out these pictures and what they look like. So I put a certain amount of the script. I mean, I've, the artist on the first two books is not able to kind of carry on, but we kind of worked really hard with him on kind of making it feel cinematic, making you kind of feel that you could kind of be with these people and understand them in a very short space of time. Cause you don't know these characters. They're not kind of like, 60 years of Marvel lore or anything like that. These are kind of brand new characters and you kind of have to jump in and kind of like hold on. Well, I, uh, I think it, it really, it, the book is so dynamic, like you're, you're saying. And I think that's one of the hardest things to sort of put into the book. It's like a bunch of tiny steps you have to do with, I like in some of the pages you have like off kilter panels. Uh, the dialogue comes in different ways. Um, do you, like you're saying you were working with the artist. How did you like nuts and bolts actually get into that were you literally micromanaging the that they're like oh let's have this panel be askew no do you know what absolutely probably the opposite uh, a lot of it was to do with the conversations we had before we went into kind of production so we had a, like a really long conversation about everything the entire arc so we knew the characters before it kind of came to laying these things down we understood kind of like the overall story um and I just put the, the kind of the basics down and just said, look, this is a place for you to express yourself. I'm no artist. I'm absolutely fucking terrible at drawing. I'd love <laughs> to do it myself. You know, I'd love to put the coloring in there, you know, but this is an expression. I'm not going to hold you back. If you've got something great and it was a case of throwing down the pencils, giving us ideas, this is what you want. And every now and again, you know, you need to tweak some bits, but you know, this is a creator-owned project, and that was the whole point of kind of letting us express each, uh, our own thing sort of thing. So we, we did the words, uh, Zach and I, and then we let Flavio do all the pictures and kind of let it run from there. Well, I got to say, man, uh, I chewed through these first two issues. This was really uh, fantastic. Yeah. I love the action. I love the pace that you're going at here. 
Um, and man, the what happens at the second issue is who the that, that's it, it hits you in the junk to uh, you know be a little bit more PC about your uh, you know, but I just think that like about your what, Pete? Sorry, I'm just not about his title. You know what I mean? I don't want to uh, say right. it hit me in the dick. Uh, you know, I want to be more inclusive and say junk so everybody can you know yeah, enjoy so. what's happening. You know what I mean? That's uh, true. Way to make it across all uh, yeah, genders <laughs> by saying junk. By saying junk, you know what I mean? It really opens things up a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, as someone who kind of created and helped with this uh, really uh, just action-paced and kind of known as safe, what was some of your favorite images that you got back or some of your things that really kind of blew you away as someone who helped bring this to life? Yeah, I mean, actually, um, if you go back, we you were showing the first issue, there was that kind of, larger kind of sentinel uh ai yeah, character yeah, taken yeah. on against one of like our, our big guy you know like our muscle um that turned out absolutely fantastically and it was slightly different to how i'd written it on the page as well so when we saw the images it was mind-blowing it's like what i had was good this is really fucking brilliant so <laughs> that was amazing yeah <laughs> so yeah, yeah I mean, I'll just that let you really great now on um and in the second issue there's a absolutely killer double page spread um there's kind of like panels built into it um and it's a brand new world and these characters are kind of looking up into this expanse um and the way it kind of flows through there it was just like this is this is real this is like a thing that i wrote someone has understood what it's supposed to look like and now it looks like this and it's fucking cool <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> Now, this is sort of a perennial question that I ask, particularly with Kickstarter projects, but you're going into your third issue now. You have that live. So what have you learned from doing the first issue successfully to the second issue to now the third issue? In terms of, like, the writing has to be different every single time. I think writing one issue is easy enough. You can kind of... I'm not I'm not blowing my own trumpet. Like, I'm not, you can bottle lightning, right? So it's then, how do you then move it after that? Because it blew my mind that like people like what I'd written and what we put together. It's like, you know, what happens next? Oh, you give a shit. That's uh, it's really <laughs> fucking cool. Okay, well, I best go and get my ass in gear and, and write another one. Um, so it's then, the first issue was supposed to be balls to the wall. And, this, and it's, it's all about escaping Earth. And the second one is then, right, okay, we've got these characters in space who don't know each other. Like, what the fuck do you do when you don't know random people and the world is dead, right? And plus, you also know that on your ship, one of you might not be human. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That, that was kind a of fun tension. Sense yeah. that that's the way I felt about this podcast. Exactly. And for years. <laughs> Turns out none of us are human, but you know, whatever. Alvin! Um, so, yeah. <laughs> it was really understanding, like, how do you move from one place to another? Because, like, you could write an all action sort of story, and that's not what it's supposed to be. It's That's the backdrop of this. Um, like, the title Digital is really intentionally um, ironic. Um, you know, we don't really live in a yes, no, black, white sort of world. It's all about the things that happen in between those. And it's called digital because, you know, you've got the muscle, you've got our big character bear who has this 
stutter, this sort of, you know, imperfection that people don't kind of associate with the big muscly guy, you know? And it's all about these characters that look like they're one thing and should follow a path actually are just people who do their own thing and have their own like foibles and nuances and they're just a bit weird in some ways, you know? So it's it's kind of been able to kind of like actually we set the scene now we made them paranoid as fuck now it's like how do you work out what to do like you you're the earth that you grew up on has been pretty much destroyed and taken over what do you do with it next like this is the exploration is like do you go back and get killed or try and be heroes do you explore what's out there or do you try and do something in between and uh, that's the kind of what we're aiming for now is to explore more about these characters, find out about their motivations, where they came from, um, and whether there's more to them or not. Awesome. Cool. Could you cool. talk a little bit about what people can expect if they pledge the Kickstarter? Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. So, I mean, some of it's kind of quite quite standard. We've got, but we've got some very, very cool artists. So uh, we've got a new art team on. We've got Alex Patterson and Keely Mickelson, who are our brand new ongoing artists. Um, so Flavio, who did the art uh, on the previous ones, he is now going to do some covers for us from time to time. He's only left because he was just stacked out with having too much stuff on, mm. uh, which is a real shame because he helped develop this world into kind of what we know as now. But uh, he's going to stick around. He's still helping us out. Uh, so we've got some variant covers. We've got some, we've got a metal cover for the first time ever, which is kind of yeah. cool. Uh, we've got some original art. We've got uh, custom Funko Pops of our characters, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And we've also got the chance to be in the book. So, like, there Ooh. is one of our rewards where you can be in it as one of our characters. So uh, that's really cool. We we had two, but one of those is already gone. So, um, there it is. yeah, it's really cool. And I so, just want to throw yeah. out there, I really like the design of the book as well. Just the design of the logo, the way the covers are laid out, which I feel like people downplay that a little bit. But, you know, as we may be talking about with some book on our stack, I don't want to say which one, you kind of can judge a book by the cover. So <laughs> getting to see this, it's uh, it's good stuff. It looks really yeah. good. Yeah, it's all about yeah, the details. <laughs> yeah, it's really. And that's the thing, like, I can't draw at all. Like I said before, I can't draw. I just know what looks right. So I'm kind of like, can you do that with it? Can you change that up there? Can you move that over there? And eventually it's like, yeah, that's cool. That's exactly how it should be. And it's, everything just kind of clicks. So yeah, it's very cool. Awesome. Well, Rich, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate you staying up late with us. Uh, good luck with the Kickstarter though. No I don't think you need it. I think you're going to do great. Yeah, you're going to get no. it. <laughs> really, good, really good book. Cool guys. Thanks All for right. Thanks, Great Rich. to see you guys. See you Take Thanks. care. All right. Uh, once uh -huh. again, the book is called Digital. It is on issue three is on Kickstarter now from Rich Watkin. Definitely check that out. It's cool stuff. Yeah. First two issues were great. They certainly were. All right. We are going to recognize. Um, recognize. We're going to recognize. recognize. We're going to recognize. We're going to recognize. Let's recognize take a moment. I know you're probably going to do this for trivia later, but let's take a moment to recognize Mikhail Gorbachev and his. Oh wow, dude! What the fuck are you doing? The right history now? of the uh, history of the world. In fact, sorry, I didn't want to blow up your spot. I'm sure you're going to do them for your, your secret movie quiz, right, Pete? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> he just had to take a second to rewrite trivia. He took yeah, Miguel just... out in his appearance in some parody movie, I'm sure. Yeah, Hot Shots Part Deux. All there right, why don't is. we bring in our next guest guests here? Excuse me, because we have a bunch of them. Yes. We've got Quinn Johnson, Robert Q. Atkins, and Carolyn Shuda, all for Elders of the Runestone. Yeah, hey, the whole team's here. Hello, <laughs> look at this. We look like the Brady Bunch. I love it. <laughs> Nice. Uh, thank you so much for coming out. Thanks for talking about this book. So you've got the fifth issue of the book is just live, right? Recently, uh, the sixth one just came out. Sixth this, one just came actually out. as part of this podcast, we being we knew we were going to be on the podcast, and so we launched it today. Uh, so, Woo-hoo! all right, yeah, it's Go out. Get it. Yeah. Go out. get it. Oh so, yeah. Awesome. Well, I, I love how you've rolled out this book. So not to talk about the business part of it first, sure. but just, uh, well, uh, but I think it's really interesting, you know, just as we're talking about like different ways people roll out comic books, you have, and this is a weird way of saying this, but like a very smooth, well-run website. What I feel oh, like a lot man, of times, a lot, <laughs> no, but it's important. Like wow. it's your primary marketing tool. And a lot of people are like, well, I tweeted about it a bunch of times. That's good. Right. And that's pretty much it. But uh, talk about that a little bit, just in terms of setting that up, setting it up to feel like its own legit indie publisher, which it is, of course. But again, I think a lot of people just have those links there and that's pretty much it. Well, thank you. Well, that, you know, that makes me feel good that a, you actually looked at the website. That means that, you know, it's it's working. (laughs) So sorry, your website is youtube.com, right? Yes. yes. Okay. We own that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, so when we, so when we, I mean, so with the comic, the, the Elders of the Runestone series has been something that we've been, Robert and I have been working on for a long, long, long time. And and we knew, you know, we kind of had a plan, okay, when we, and we actually finally, after working on it for several years, we finally launched it in December last year um, with the first four issues. We just launched them all at the same time. And, and, um, and as part of that, you know, we knew that there were certain things we needed to do to, because I think the worst thing you can do is be like, hey, there's this cool thing. And then not give people a really clear, simple way to just to find it. Right. Um, yeah. And so, so that was kind of our big thing that we've always done is, is everything that we put out there always, always, always has the website as like the main thing. You don't want to give people 8 million different links to a billion different things. It's like, just go to the website and it'll take you where you need to go. So that was a big priority. And so, yeah, so I, I just worked on that website and, and, um, just built it bit by bit and, and, uh, so I'm glad that you that you like the way it came out. You know, hopefully it's it's fun to look at, and you know, of course, the artwork that that Robert does and and that Caroline will do. We'll talk a little about that. Um, and some you know, some of other artists is just amazing, which of course makes it look really good. And that's always that's always good. So um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but that that's no, I think it does. And that's the website club is over. Let's talk. <laughs> Tell us Boring. about the book. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh yeah i don't know robert feel free to jump in whenever but um so i i got the first idea for this story clear back when i was in ninth grade so that's longer oh, ago wow. it's one of those stories so yeah. last yeah. year or like first, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. um and so yeah i mean so and i just the characters were you know and this is something that i, I think a lot of people do just to try to make the characters more uh engaging but i but i based the characters heavily on me or people I knew, at least in certain aspects. 
Um, and, and so it just became a very personal uh, story for me. And then when I went to, and so I was kind of developing it. It was funny because like I always, I, you know, I've drawn my whole life and I was considered pretty good when I was like in high school or, or junior high. And, and, then, uh, and then I went to the Savannah College of Art and Design, which is where I met Robert. And, uh, and for me, I was, it was me looking around going, uh, everybody here is like a million times better than I will ever be. <laughs> and, uh, and so I just, so I, so over time I just, and I had met Robert by that time and I was like, Hey, uh, you're really an awesome artist. Uh, how, and plus we had become really, really close friends. We met through church and, and then had a bunch of classes together. And, uh, and then I was like, Hey, you're an amazing artist. Um, how would you feel about partnering with me on this story? That's been my lifelong passion project, which at that point had not been that long. And, and that's kind of how it all that's kind of how it all started so robert and i have been working on it since then and and um just on the side you know because we both had robert's been a, a full-time comic book artist for several different titles over the years and so it's hard to squeeze in this side project that's not paying yet right um so that's kind of been the, the process of us just develop you know developing this story developing the characters and getting the artwork done you know bit by bit and then finally getting to a point where we could launch it so so we're grateful that we're finally at the point where six issues are out now so yeah yeah uh we'll talk a little bit you mentioned this earlier but robert you've been on art duties for a bunch of issues here but you're passing it over to carolyn uh caroline right. carolyn <laughs> caroline caroline okay yeah. uh, so uh, talk a little bit about putting that aside and caroline talk about your take on it uh how it feels coming in for these new issues yeah um yeah no i'd be happy to so yeah, as quinn mentioned when i came on um i was kind of just coming out of school and um i runestone's one of these interesting uh, kind of life of an artist type stories like a lot of people who are starting indie comics you don't know when to put something out because you want it to be your best work but at the same time you're you're just getting your feet wet and so a lot of people are hesitant to publish something because they don't know if they're good enough yet uh and you you want your work to be your best work and so i think it's very interesting the first four issues show some of my work kind of earlier on uh by the time we actually wrapped issue four though uh that was done like we finished that well, i don't know a year and a half ago or something like that by the time it was actually done so there's this giant double page spread on the end of issue four um that i think is more indicative of some of the work that i do now um and then as uh i've come down and i'm actually a professor at the savannah college of art and design now so I, so i'm there teaching where we had met and, yeah so yeah so yeah. where we met originally and where caroline actually graduated as well just just yeah, oh, so wow. caroline was, wow. yeah so, oh, sorry, kid. Robert, you're the professor of sick action figures? Just to show you <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. based on yeah, your exactly. wall behind you. I know, yeah. That's just one wall of my studio. You don't know. Oh, man. man. I'm certain yeah. this isn't the only wall of action exactly. figures. Exactly. <laughs> it's a bit embarrassing. But so the, uh, I know, usually it's in my office at school. It's even, it's awesome. Wow. So the, um, well, at any rate, sorry, we got sidetracked. So <laughs> while so while I'm, I'm teaching there, um, we I you know I finish up those four issues, and we're really excited that that was able to get launched. You know, fulfill the the old Kickstarter we had. That's all done, and then we we definitely want to get the next arc out. It's really the first giant story is twelve issues, and so the next kind of volume, the next arc of this twelve issue story is issues five through eight. And so Naomi Sky is the kind of next artist of issues five through eight. 
and she was a student that I had at SCAD and I was like, she would be perfect for this. And, and she so we got awesome. Naomi on. She's fantastic. And she's basically wrapping up the last couple pages of issue eight. So we have that basically all done. The artwork's basically wrapped on that. And uh, so we're gonna be launching that next volume uh, here very soon. Um, and so since we know that that's already basically done, then we knew we were going to need to get started on the next arc following that. So issues nine through 12. Uh, so Naomi had to kind of move on with other projects that she's working on. And so we were looking for a new artist. Well, I had had Caroline in class <laughs> uh, the previous fall and she had graduated and Quinn was looking through, we were looking for a new artist and Quinn was looking through people that I had followed on Instagram. And of course, Caroline was phenomenal in my classes. And he's like, hey, who's this uh, Caroline Shuda? And I was like, Caroline, yes, that's right. She's in my class, she's amazing. And so um, so then he had kind of went through her work and was like, well, would we consider her for the book? I was like, yeah, of course. And anyway, so Caroline, if you want to take it away, yeah. So what's been your experience kind of so far getting started? Um, well, for me, it's been kind of just like trying to get my feet in like so many different doors right now since I graduated. Um, right. I just know that I love. Oh no! Uh, what does she love? Just, like my passion. <laughs> um, so, I work at Claire's. I manage a Claire's. Uh, and Quinn reached out to <laughs> yes. me after like a, after I was doing like a traumatic baby piercing, and I looked at my phone, <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> I was like, I think I just got a like job offer. And then um, he was like, yeah, if you'd want to like do a video call with me um, and we can talk about like the details. Basically, I got on the video call and he was like, will you be my artist? And I was like, uh... I was like, I was expecting I was like, I was expecting like an interviewer being like, oh, yeah, I have other candidates like blah, blah, blah. But basically, it was just like, I like your art. I think yeah. you'd be really good at illustrating this story. And I was like. What did I do to deserve this? Like, I, players. Like, but, I think uh, the answer is um, survive the traumatic baby I have so I many say, questions. Yeah, yeah I got my ass beat by a two-year-old yesterday at the Claire's. Um, <laughs> I'm still recovering. I had like an anxiety-induced hot flash after it. Oh, I was no. like, and for what? Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Listen, Honestly, I don't, don't want to. Maybe doesn't need a pierced. Yeah. I don't want to step on your any. new artist or anything like this, but I feel like you have a indie top shelf style comic about you working at the Claire's. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah exactly. that would be really good. Um, yes. I, I mean, I, I just... would love to know though. So you're coming in as the third artist on this project. Mm -hmm. What is that like? How much can you take those previous designs and sort of augment them to your style versus working in somebody else's style? And I guess for both of you, as you're the shepherds of this project, mm -hmm. what are your directives there as well? Do you want to start, so, Caroline? Or... Yeah. Well, sure. I think, I think if you don't mind, Caroline, just real quick, I think when, when I initially designed the characters or took even Quinn's vision here, I have at least a general enough kind of mainstream style, like just a Western culture, American comics, kind of general mainstream style that it's, it's not like, crazy hyper detailed but general enough that i would say it'd be just like anybody else coming on to uh, whatever an x-men book a spider-man book i mean you're just going to take that style and then do your version of it and the characters themselves uh luckily are kind of recognizable enough that 
you're not going to, unless you come at it like a crazy wacky style, they're not going to be indecipherable. And that's something I actually really like about it. Um, out of necessity, when I was drawing the first issue, uh, that's when I was simultaneously juggling like Marvel work. I was, I was drawing whatever, like Spider-Man and X-Men and Fantastic Four and stuff for them. And I was trying to fit this in as best as I could. And I realized I, I was just not going to get it done. So we hired uh, a, two or three different artists to do finishes over my layouts. And you can see that in the book. I mean, you can see a slight stylistic change through issues two and three. And then by the time issue four came around, I was like, I really want to do this, though. I want to book in the first volume, at least with my work mm. from issue one and issue four. So I did all of issue four. And then, um, but again, I was just at this point, you know, I was teaching full time and I was like, well, I just can't. It was already hard enough to get issues one through four done with me working full time, either doing comics and other things. So uh, we then brought in Naomi and I was like, we've already had so many artists involved that I, I kind of came to the realization. This is very much like any other mainstream comic. You have a rotation of regular artists. Yeah. And it's not like you all of a sudden lose who these characters are. I mean, there's been dozens of artists on these titles over the years, and it's not like you forget, you know, who Hellboy is or who, you know, who these characters are. And so I'm not too worried about that. Um, and it, instead, what I love is that each new artist comes in, and we, what we've been doing is thinking about this arc. For example, the second arc really dives into the characters and uh, who they are at heart and what makes each one of them so different and what is their motives and um just i don't know just the, the what builds empathy between them and the reader mm. and naomi is phenomenal at just character expressions and mood and and all of that building that atmosphere and then this uh this third arc uh is just like this big kind of epic ending and we needed somebody with energy somebody that just had like a new fresh style and had a lot of energy to their work and then that's just really what stood out for caroline and so somebody who had enough of a mainstream style that kind of fit the mold of what we were already doing, but then added that energy to it. And so that's what really stood out to us for Caroline. I, I have some comments too, but did you have some, do you, I'll let you talk first, Caroline, and share your thoughts on that. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, as far as like um, the process of having read everything that um, they've completed and just like going back and forth and using it to reference and kind of growing like my attachments to certain characters. I just find it really exciting to see what I can do like with my art style and this story, but then also like hearing how much it means to Quinn and like how deep it runs for both Robert and Quinn. Like, I just feel like it's kind of an honor to be able to have the opportunity to like make their dream come to life. Um, and then just as a little, just as a little aside, um, the character Jenny, um, basically, she looks like me and she acts like me. So I'm really excited. Her, I'm really excited to give her new outfits. That's that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I'm that's that motivation. To, yeah, I'm excited to dress her. I'm excited to give her some clothes. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's basically her. Right <laughs> I love you're both like wearing tank tops. Like, like that's yeah, a, that's that's pretty really much really dressed exactly like her. Right? That's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, and that was funny because like, and Jenny's one of my favorite favorite characters. To I mean, just because she's so fun to write, and um, she's such a fun, fun character with some really fun humor and one-liners and a snarky attitude. And so, and um, and yeah, like 
And Caroline, it was funny because one of the reasons that we hired Caroline is in addition to her being like an incredibly awesome artist um, and having just beautiful character designs was, and this is actually something that's really, you know, as I'm sure you know from all the people you've met and worked with and guests you've had on, but, um, you know, not only does do the people you work with have to be talented, you know, and, and make your stuff look good, but they have to be people that you really enjoy working with. I mean, you have to be able to work yeah. well together and have fun together. And so basically, Caroline and her and her two, uh, I'm going to hopefully not embarrass you, Caroline, but she's one of three <laughs> sisters that are all incredibly awesome artists and all graduated <laughs> at the same time. And I've become like best friends with all of them <laughs> since, <laughs> since I met Caroline. And um, and so we talk all the time and we just joke with each other all the time. And, and so it's really, really fun. And uh, but yeah, like like not too long after we started talking and we're working together on this, uh, Caroline had a picture of herself working at Claire's, I think, where you had glasses and like your your red hair and in the pigtails. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you're yep. like, you're Jenny, you know, like you're, <laughs> and that was actually one of the things that we talked to Naomi about too. Cause, cause, and you know, we, when we love everything Naomi has done in the book too, but that was one thing I, I was like, I was like, I am not a fashion conscious person as you can probably tell. Um, and I was like, I was like, any ideas you have for changing up their outfits and keeping them fresh and, and just something that would fit still with the five main characters with their personalities. Um, but, but stuff you want to try out for that, you know, would be awesome. And she did that in it, which has been awesome. And so then we told Caroline the same thing, like, yeah, absolutely. You know, like let's, we, that, that's why we hire people who are creative and amazing to, to help kind of, um, take these things to the next level. So, so then just one more time, uh, waiting for the, uh, Caroline memoir comic triplet sisters in college <laughs> for art at the same time. <laughs> We're here for yeah. it. But um, uh, yeah. we actually haven't heard like the elevator pitch for the book. Um, yeah. If you can give that to us um, real quick, just so everyone knows. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so Elder the Runestone is about five, it's five teenagers in high school who basically would have no reason to ever hang out with each other. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's like, there's the, the kind of, there's the religious kid who's just trying to figure out his purpose in life. And he's kind of shy. And then there's Jenny, who's really, out, you know she's really funny and snarky but she's also kind of an outcast you got dane who's a hockey player and, and he just is a he's basically a horrible he's a tool he, you just hate this guy at first but, <laughs> you know but he's this athlete who's who's um likes to bully people and then there's cat who's um really popular really pretty but also just really mean to people at least at first and then there's zenith who's he's that spooky guy that doesn't talk to people very much and does people are just like let him do his thing and who was actually closely based on a friend of mine from school, a really good friend of mine, who actually, who actually is thrilled that I, I said, this is this cool with you? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> he's also like a martial arts master in secret. And so that's like, you know what? That's great. So so it's these five kids that would never have hung out with each other. Um, and then through the course of the story, they find this. Uh, it's actually during a school dance. They find this maroon stone. It's this glowing stone with all this strange writing on it and something it gives them abilities. Uh, four of them, it gives four of them abilities and suddenly they've got these amazing superhuman abilities and they kind of are forced to pull together to as a support group in a way, but also just a way to like figure out what happened to us. You know, why do we have these powers? And then they very quickly find out that what happened to them is linked to this new, really, really scary, scary bad guy who's who's linked to what happened to them. And and so the story, you kind of get that mystery and, and then he's like more powerful than all of them. And He's called the monolith and he's a really bad guy. <laughs> he's a really bad, scary dude. 
And so, uh, so yeah, so it's a lot of like action. It's a lot of I like a mixed in horror elements. The, you know, all the stuff that I like from horror mixed in. You know, there's all the martial arts. There's a lot of exploration of dreams and nightmares and what they could possibly mean. You know, are they more than that? And then there's martial arts and basically a drama and or basically everything I've ever wanted in a comic book. We we put into this yeah story. So, um, but that was a big thing too. Like like what Robert was saying with when we specifically you know when we hired Naomi and, and now Caroline that was one of the things that we really really were excited about them bringing to the characters was really as we dig really deep into the kind of the personal lives of these characters and their their family lives which you don't see very much of it for the first few issues and you kind of see why they are the way they are and some of the things that they deal with um we were really excited about them really capturing the the emotion and and you know, angst and, and, and the romance when some of that starts happening. And so, and they've just, they've just killed it on that. And it's been really awesome. So. That's great. And it is a super fun book. I just wanted to mention, I feel like uh, we haven't really talked about this yet, but it feels like it's at least slightly influenced by top cow books. And I say that in the best way, like sort of that amalgamation of those sort of like very classic nineties books to me. Is that something you look towards at all? Not for me, because I, I, I mean, I don't know what you have. I'll, well, I'll just answer this real quick. And then Robert, it sounds like you actually have yeah. something pertinent to say. But, um, <laughs> but I know for me, like I'm a I'm a huge, huge, huge Ninja Turtles fan. Hell yeah. And so the, and actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, the, and the first published uh, comic book that I ever wrote was for the, the Mirage Ninja Turtles series. So oh. it was like a dream come true right off the bat to start off. Uh, my career. But I loved like th- that was a huge the Mirage Ninja Turtles series was a huge huge influence on me because they had all this awesome action but they also but I mean for as for as ridiculous as as the idea of Ninja Turtles is they the characters became very distinct and very deep and and uh yeah. and uh you know which which is so the story really has a lot of heart and so that was a big big influence on kind of how I approach writing for Elders of the Runestone and so that's for me what were you going to say Robert Oh just that <laughs> The very first comic book I ever bought, I think, was Cyber Force number one. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. it feels like maybe we were around at the same time, Robert. Because yeah, yeah, I, I know. I, yeah. Like that image, that first image hall <laughs> was such a big deal yeah, um, no, as yeah. a comic book reader. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, uh, I, I've i gone back and I've certainly read a lot of the, you know, kind of late 80s, you know, early 90s Marvel stuff and that influenced a lot of my work and um but i mean i that was just the time that i was getting into comics was that early 90s stuff and so i'm so nostalgic nostalgic for i don't know just all that 90s image comics like cyber force and wildcats and, and savage dragon spawn all that stuff so it's like i just grew up on that man i just oh. so i mean I, I it's even though i'm not like trying to draw like any of that stuff necessarily i just it it's in, embedded into the way that the aesthetic of what the way I look at storytelling. So I think inevitably it's going to be a part of it, I think. Nice. Uh, well, before I, I let you go, we should probably mention at least as we're taping this, and I believe tomorrow on August 31st, you have a half off digital yes. sale. Is Ooh, that right? Nice. Yeah, we actually were. Yeah. We thought, well, let, if we're going to be on this show um, with your millions of fans, we, oh, yeah. uh, yeah, heck yeah. Oh, I don't know who yeah. gave you those numbers, but I appreciate it. Plus or minus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is why we do comics, not accountants, because we're just not good at some of the other stuff. But um, yeah, but but we thought, hey, let's go ahead and do a, a big, um, and, and kind of the approach we've done with releasing the comic is we do have a, 
printed the printed volume of issues one, two, three, and four, which is collected book one. Who are you? Is basically what it's called. Um, so that's available on our website, and then um, and then as other and, and through Amazon, yeah, yeah, it's on Amazon, and but that's all you can get to all that through our website. And then we also have digital yeah. digital versions of one, two, three, four, five, and six, um, and then eventually we'll collect five through eight as a, another printed collected volume. You can get that way, or you can get the collected digital uh, available as well. And that's kind of how we've done it because printing comics is really expensive, especially when you're yeah. just starting out like we are. So that's kind of been our model. Um, so yeah, so right now for today and tomorrow, so August 30th and 31st, um, all the digital comics we have on runestonecomic.com, if you use the discount code uh, half off digital, one word, um, yeah, it'll be 50% off and we're hoping to reach a lot more people that way and help a lot more people to enjoy the story. So. Awesome. Cool. That's awesome. Well, uh, folks, thank you so much for coming on. Quinn, Robert, congratulations on the book. Caroline, looking forward to your memoir as well as <laughs> yeah. work on the book. I can't wait to see what you do with the book, Caroline. Yes. Awesome. Thank you all so much. Have a great Thanks day. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Take care thank of yourself. You. Good night, everybody. Later. Aww. That sounds there awesome, man. Yes. Very cool. Very cool book. Definitely check it out. If you are a professional looking at the European startup scene, Germany is a place you cannot miss. Fortunately for you, there is StartupRad.eo, the authority on German startups. This English-only podcast brings you fresh interviews each week. Most likely, you have never heard or read anything on these startups before in English, but you will in the future. Be ahead of the curve and subscribe to StartupRad.eo podcast or check for the StartupRad.eo internet radio station. Check your Alexa for the StartupRad.eo skill as well. And folks, we are going to move to our next section, which is my favorite section, because you all make it up. It is your audience questions. And for audience questions, all you got to do is drop a question and ask a question over on Crowdcast or in the comments over on YouTube. But first, what's why don't... Why don't we talk about what we're drinking, uh, and we should probably talk about what this week's official drink is. As everybody knows, Brett Macris, a.k.a. Stray Stray Bullies, I like to call him, always curates a drink for us this week, which was a little weird to me because it's the end of August, but he decided that we should do pumpkin beers. Don't be a dick. Is. Don't be it's very strange that he asked for no, that. No, that's not what he did. So I... <laughs> Listen, he... Yeah, what's up? He's what's been up? doing this curated, I... like using this Gotham. Yes, book, which of like, course, which which Pete, things. you've been following to the letter. Shut the fuck up when I'm every talking. week, Shut. even even when hey. he designed a drink for you. You, you your, did it. You got your. You turn. did it. You got your turn. Sure, he go ahead, does man. all this work for us, and then you were just like, you know what? I like pumpkin beer because pumpkin <laughs> beer's out now. So I bought pumpkin beer and. You're the only person in the world who enjoys pumpkin beer. So that's first of all, that's that. a wonderful impersonation of me. I just want to oh, say that, you. Pete. So I've thank been you. Working hard really on it. Like me. Second of all, when uh, just real quick, he made that Pete Palmer that he designed based on ingredients you had around in the house. Uh, how was that? Delicious. Oh, really? Looked, What's in that? Real quick. What are the ingredients? It looked, real quick? It's vodka uh-huh. and soda and uh-huh. lemon. Nope. <laughs> Close uh, enough. Yes. Alex yeah. incepted our chef <laughs> to make pumpkin beer the drink of the day. And I'll tell you what, I didn't do it. And yeah. I'll tell you why. Because pumpkin beer is gross. It tastes yeah. like someone 
coughs a spice rack into your mouth, which I'm <laughs> on the record is saying. And um, it's also it's a little early for the pumpkin beer. Yes, it's definitely early for the puppy beer. I will say um, my neighbors and I trade beers back and forth. They saw it. It was at the supermarket and got me a pack of pumpkin beer. So of that's why and I that's it. nice. You know, here's here's the worst part. Actually, I'll now sell myself down the river. So they got me a pack and I was like, oh, that's very nice. But it is far too early for pumpkin beer. And then I went to the supermarket and I was like, oh, hell yeah, they have nitro pumpkin beers. Gonna get that and drink that tonight. What does that mean? You truly are pumpkin. Yes, but I did go back to the original one because I wanted to show it off. My yearly urging, if you do not like pumpkin beers, get Southern Tier Pumpkin. I will say it is the one actually delicious good pumpkin beer i will say if that. you do want to do this i agree with alex pumpkin is actually good southern tier is a great brewery and they don't it, they they're not as crazy on the sweetness and the nonsense but i i do agree with justin that if you're thinking like oh i'd like to try this pumpkin how do i do it get your friend to cough into your mouth uh, a spice rack and <laughs> then you'll be rack. like oh i know how it tastes there you go. What are you guys yeah. drinking then, Pete? What are you drinking? Ah, uh, well, I am still raiding my brother's fridge. And, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, you're, you you just made fun of me for ten minutes, moon. and you're drinking a fucking blue moon. It, well, it is very, it is very funny that, that you get that Pete, you just shit on Alex so hard, and you're literally drinking a beer you found. Uh, <laughs> just for that, just a beer you found that's. One of the worst beers. Yeah. I don't know about uh, that. I've had worse beers than that. Sure. But it's very yeah. bad. Like a warm <laughs> Milwaukee's best that you yeah. are passing around as a 12-year-old. Uh, shout out to Stray Bull in the comments. Um, uh, it's what Tim Burton's farts smell like. Shout <laughs> to that because I agree with that. Um, I just finished a lovely Manhattan, and now I'm cracking open a great... Labatt Blue Pilsner. Oh, nice. Upstate New York, baby. Open the blue. Nice. All right. Why don't we go to some questions here? We got a tie-in from Ben the Border Collie says, what's wrong with Pumpkin for Loco? Uh, There's nothing wrong with that. For Loco is what's wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with that. You're taking two horrible things and mixing them together, hoping they'll cancel each other out, maybe. It's like saying, what's wrong with drinking Clorox? And nothing. You can't blame Clorox for it. <laughs> but if you choose to drink Pumpkin for Loco, you are messy with your life. You're messy. <laughs> and that's right. Be messy. Be messy. But if you're like, I'm dr- I drink for Loco, A, questions. Second, if you're like, it's, I want to drink a seasonal for Loco, I'm like, Pumpkin? You want to drink Pumpkin for Loco? <laughs> that's cr- that, is, that is true wild behavior. Oh, my God. Uh, we got this from Sh- Stray Bullet says, this is based off comments in the comments. We all remember six degrees from Kevin Bacon. Is it possible to do an updated version with six degrees from Keanu? Uh, hmm. This is, let's think. I mean, he has been in some movies with large casts mm-hmm. as well. Like he, like John Wick, hard to connect, right? Hard to connect to John Wick. Yeah, um, with other because there's not a lot of other stars in it, but he's done movies with you got a Sandra Bullock connection, obviously the Lake yeah. House. Sandra Bullock. Uh, I, I will say though, John Wick, you got Ian McShane. <laughs> Ian McShane, yep. who was in Game of Thrones, that connects you to literally every person who lives in England. Uh huh. That's true. Yep. Uh, American Gods as well, which gets mm-hmm. you um, and Carn or uh, 
not Carnival, the uh, Western show, uh, St- Deadwood, which yep. gets you a lot of other. Uh, yeah, so maybe it's Six Degrees of Ian McShane, the most prolific yeah. actor of our time. Uh, I'm going to say yes, it is possible. All right. This is from Derek Mainhart. Uh, Do you know the actor Kevin Bacon, Pete? Have you heard of him? Yes. There's this game people played called Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Mm -hmm. Have you ever played Mm -hmm. that game? Yes, I have. Yes. Okay. We're doing that, but with Keanu Reeves. But we moved on, so it doesn't matter. This is from Derek Mainhart. I started listening to the podcast during the pandemic, so I'm only familiar with the online version of the show. What's the thing you miss most about doing the show live at the pit? And what's the thing you miss Uh, the least? Great question. Uh, The thing I miss the most is uh, everybody loved pumpkin beer back when we were doing the show live, and I, I never got made fun of for it. Oh wow, that's so topical. Uh, why don't you? No, think it's just about the it audience bit. is too far away to see answer. our drinks, <laughs> so we didn't talk about it. We used to do it across uh, a football field. And to be fair, when we got to the bar afterward, uh, you, we made fun of you <laughs> about what you were drinking. Fair. Um, I mean, what I miss the most is like we just a, the audience behind behind the scenes. Aaron, well, Kevin, you know, like looking out in the audience and seeing. Uh, people's faces and be able to react to that live audience uh, was awesome. Um, oh, great. What's and that's, nice that's about a... doing it this way is just that um, it's easier to get guests because it's they don't have to come to a physical location. That's true. Plus, you can steal beers from your brother, which would be harder to do at a free yeah, beers. Why are you mad at me for drinking uh, free beers? Not mad, just moon. continuing to talk about it. Also, Blue Moon, embarrassing choice. Uh, the <laughs> Not truly that must, that must be that must truly be the last beer in the fridge, right? Please tell me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Then yeah. that's fine. Uh, but let me say, um, seeing you guys in person and uh, the behind the curtain of that is, we used to meet at the pit, especially when we first started in the show. Two full hours before we started the show, we would read comics. We would bullshit. Build we would do whatever. Show. This is before we I were even podcasting. We were doing a absolute no mics, just the three of us talking for hours for no reason <laughs> while we read comics. We would do the show. We would go it afterwards. It was uh, truly a blast. And I miss all of that time and uh, hang. Just hang yeah. in real life action. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, I know we keep talking about it, but we definitely will do in person at some point. We got a question here. Uh, the, on the, the wait, the least, the part I missed the least is yeah, being exactly. like, did the tech work? Did the oh, are the mics God. working? So <laughs> did we record that yeah, one after the show? The uh, uh, the mics didn't work. Yeah, I, I, mean, I will say, I mean, I I don't know about you guys. I still do a fair amount of prep prep before the show but being able to do that upstairs and then coming downstairs that's pretty nice yeah you know when i come down fully 15 minutes early for every show (laughs) i do all right this is from killy mcleod over on youtube what are your thoughts on a venom and spider-man crossover movie Mm. what do you think about i'm here here why not yeah why not it, the 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 crazy part is it's a corporate problem. There's a corporate problem there. Oh, that's uh, what at I least love a talking little. about. But um, I do think it's a fun. It, as far as like the fun quotient of it, like the the venom, the amount that um, everyone on the venom creative team uh, takes venom seriously, and how they like propel it into like weird and fun choices, lines up perfectly. With the Spider-Man 
choices and the sort of like wild choices, especially the last movie, which was like wildly insane. So like, I think there's a great connection. Well, let me throw this out to you as a follow-up then, which Spider-Man, because now we have all three Spider-Mans in continuity. Would you want to see Tom Hardy's Venom go up against Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland? Tom Holland. I dare anyone to say anything else besides Tom Holland. <laughs> a Who's lot of people, like, I've seen a lot of people say they want Toby. Andrew Garfield to do it. I love Andrew Garfield, and tr- the, the most emotional moment of that last Spider-Man movie was his shit, and I love it, and I think he's a great actor across the board. I just think it's such a lateral weird move to be like, yeah, this one's with Andrew. Uh, this is another great question here from Diana Davis in the comments over at Crowdcast. Which Venom? Like so, I feel like Topher Grace <laughs> versus. Yeah, we've already seen the Topher Andrew Toby. Garfield is the thing that everybody wants. Give them what they want, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to see Topher Hardy. Topher versus Hardy Venom mm-hmm. Venom fight. Wait, and what about uh, what's his name, Danny Rojas, who's the barhead tender, Rojas! who maybe is the new Venom of the MCU? You know, maybe. you could have him. You but here's the thing. Venoms. I also don't think the MCU should do a Venom. That's a mm-hmm. weird. That that's doesn't. That's not going to work. I don't. Yeah, think. I don't know if you're going to get your uh, wish there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think you have to make it happen in the current context, uh, and that's the only way to do it. All right. This is from Kevin. Following up on the theme of '80s and '90s nostalgia, what are other periods you would like to see nostalgia for in comics? Mm-hmm. Uh, great question. I mean, the um, the Batman 66 stuff that it's been uh, around for like quite some time is fun. Uh, that's very specific. Um, otherwise, I, I do think the wild inventiveness of 70s comics matches up really well with our current culture, I think. And mm-hmm. like spinning off into more psychedelic and stranger worlds feels like be a nice refresher for both of our mainstream comic book universes. Yeah. I mean, uh, I would, I would love a liquid television type of thing where it's kind of artistically led, but also uh, gives you like a bunch of different options under one umbrella. Uh, we got some tied questions here on Crowdcast and also YouTube over on Crowdcast. Jonathan McCool asks, what is your verdict on the new Game of Thrones show? And over on YouTube, Nelson Martinez says, are you guys watching House of Dragons? Thoughts? Also, have you checked out the Game of Thrones graphic novel? Never checked it out. And I'm curious to see how it is. Hmm. You guys I checked out the graphic it. novel? I have we not. reviewed one or two of the issues way back in the day, and I think it was fine. You know, that was my yeah. overwhelming impression was like, yeah, this is fine. I'd be curious to read it as a whole and see how it mm-hmm. uh, hangs with it's. It's just interesting. Something that was a book into the show and then back into a comic book. It's sort of like is uh, that's I a think it's a direct interrupt. adaptation of the comic of the comic of the book of the show of oh, the book. Yeah, yeah of um, the book. But, I haven't uh, gone hog wild yet. I haven't dipped my toe in the uh, house. Of well, Dragon. you don't. You don't watch Game of Thrones at all. No, I don't. Can you just jump in though on the hog, or do you got to go back and go Game of Thrones before you hog? on the on the hog? What no, the fans. House it's House of, of the Dragon. It's House of the Dragon. People call hot. it hot, hot D. So, Pete, oh, yeah. what you want to say is, can you just hop on that hot D? 
Yeah, hot the uh, hop on it. Yeah, you know Pete, you mean? can hop on that hot D anytime you want. Oh, thanks, man. I really appreciate anytime. You Grab a blue me... moon, go go hog wild on that hot D. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great, a great pull quote for the eventual. Uh, I mean, Pete's tombstone. Why not? I already talked about it. Oh God, I can't believe Pete died. What's the uh, pull quote for his tombstone? <laughs> I mean, I would. It should be a quote. It should be a quote from whatever Pete is most known for saying, which would be "fuck you too." <laughs> really, I feel like his tombstone would say, "That's bananas good." At this point, oh, yeah. or it that- was worth it for the art alone yeah that would be great on a tombstone what great walk last by wow he must have really appreciated um this guy's an art lover over here so to answer your question though about the graphic novel we we reviewed a couple of issues back in the day i thought it was fine in terms of house of the dragon though justin two episodes in how are you feeling i'm loving i like i feel like uh strong start for this i feel like i like that they are they're not beholden to what happened before they do some uh some nods at the top of the first episode which i thought were well done a little too much use of the word song of ice and fire perhaps at the end of the first episode but okay um but i think the characters are really uh really interesting the it's intense it, it feels like the more intense seasons and episodes of the original game of thrones in a good way um, and Alex, I know we, you were both on board with this using the same theme song, no notes. So great. <laughs> uh, I just had some questions. Um, yes. was it as shitty of a start? Would you say? Because that first episode of Game of Thrones, we all know that King. No, you should up. check it out. It's like uh, it's like the Ted Lasso of the Game. I of didn't Thrones get franchise. to finish my question. You were you were asking. You were upset about. Brand being pushed out the window. I've already explained yeah. to thrown you. Thrown out the window, out. motherfucker. He wasn't like pushed. It was he was like pushed. Somebody, yeah, he was pushed out of the window. He, he was thrown out. Thrown. He was pushed out of the window. But he was thrown. He was thrown out. He was thrown. Yes, out. I. I have told you several times on this podcast that that is the worst thing that happens in the entire run of Game of Thrones. It's all uphill from there over the course of six That's seasons. That's true. I've tried resting to, to a finale that everybody unequivocally loved. So you should definitely check that out. Uh, but House of the Dragon is even better. It's like watching a ray of sunshine just uh, coming down. My on you question and, being: yes. Is it a better start to a TV show? Is there, if can I watch it and not? Is there any Pete moments where I would be like, "Fuck this whole show"? Or do you think it's okay? Yeah, like, so I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, Pete, but you're right. You can't watch this show. Okay. <laughs> if you if if that if Brand falling out the window and he what did that fall, motherfuckers? What do you don't put that on the kid? If Bran trips on a banana peel, oh, slips, and goes, and falls out the window like he does in the first episode, oh, as we all know, you're not going to like House of the Dragon. Okay. Um, I think it is intense. It may be, because I found it very intense the first episode and was like sort of scared for a while. Um, oh, wow. I think, Pete, it is strong for you. So uh, if you do want to get on board, just be careful. But yeah. I think it's great, and I'm going to watch all of it. Yes, I love it as well. I can't believe how much I loved it. I know I've mentioned before, but I've watched the first six episodes. The third one is my favorite. Like, that was the one that completely sold me on the show, and I was like, oh, I'm in. Let's let's go. This is great. I think it's just really just well-structured. Some incredible big moments happen. Um, there's some things that I think are going to be very controversial as they go, as you might expect, but... Um, 
I don't know. I didn't think I would be so excited to have Thrones back as is I it, am, but it's is great. It still like pro incest and stuff. You're like not that? going to want to watch it, Pete. Okay. Yeah. It's yes. Pro incest. It's, it's never pro pretty incest. pro incest. The there's an uncle and a niece that they're kind of in love and everybody's shipping them and wants them to get together, but it's not like it's pro incest. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, this is from Killy McLeod says, is it true? They're making another Archie comic show. The answer to that is maybe, maybe uh, I know a while ago they said Robert, Roberto Aguirre was developing something. I don't think anything is happening with that, frankly, but there is a Indian movie of, I think it's just called The Archies, that is coming out on Netflix, and I think they're going to release that internationally as well. So that's not a show, but that is another take on Archie Comics that is coming out at some point. I would be very surprised if there's anything coming out of from the Archie world before Riverdale ends. And then I would bet there would be a period of like a year at the very least after where there wouldn't what? be anything. Well, there you is. Gotta wait a whole year. I'm completely blanking on the name of the character, but there's it's a Sabrina. Asian kid detective character who is completely new, going to be introduced in Archie Comics later this year, who is being developed into a show on the CW. But with everything going on behind the scenes of the CW, who knows if it'll actually happen? I'm very doubtful of it. Also, it's not connected to Riverdale or Chilling Adventures of Sabrina or anything like that. It's an entirely separate thing. And let's just shout out in general, TV's fucked up right now. TV's a little... <laughs> there's a lot of chaos going on in TV right now. And I think um, we, there's a, the glut of COVID and all the shows coming out in the last year, six months. We're going to keep riding that wave. And there's going to be a weird period where it's like, the TV's going to be weird and then it'll fix itself. But we're in a weird part coming up, I think. Oh, man. Uh, we got a question from Diana Davis here. Have you guys been watching Reservation Dogs? Hells yeah. Yeah, Pete, you want to talk about it. It's such a great show. Love the new season. I love where they're putting the characters. Uh, It was tough, you know, because they kind of, uh, you know, they had their own little journeys. So we have some characters in separate places. But, man, it is just such a well-written show. Uh, Love all all the different characters they have and the way they interact. It's got such a kind of uh, cool feel to it and a great rhythm and just uh, so well produced and made amazing music. Uh, just, uh, just I can't say enough great things about it. It's one of my favorite shows. Not a lot of great comedies out there right now, and that is one of them. And last but not least is from Ben the Border Collie. I may have missed it. What's the story about Pete's brother's fridge? Great it's question. right there, and um, he doesn't... Oh, wow. Everybody be cool. He doesn't know <laughs> I'm taking his beers, but... Uh, We've been doing Free this. Beers. You've been at your brothers. You've been at your brothers for what? A month, six weeks now. A month. He, yeah. He he knows. <laughs> he, knows <laughs> he, he knows. You think he notices? Yeah, possibly. All right, and that is it for your audience questions. Woo-hoo! Now we're going to move to our next section, which is trivia, and for that we're going to turn it over to Pete the Page. All no right. <laughs> Is uh, do we have somebody, or are we looking for a first hand up person? Yes, whoever would like to do trivia for twenty five dollars, Midtown Comics. Just Throw a say, hand hey, up, or me, hand. or anything like that. Raise your hand either in the comments. Ooh, we have it's comics. We'll do it in chat. 
Over here on Ooh, Crowdcast. Nice. All right. Yeah. There we go. We got a contestant. Pete, you ready? All right. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Again, I blew up your spot. The uh, the third answers are all going to be about the late, great Mikhail Gorbachev. Presumably. How do you feel movie. about this bit that you're doing and that you keep doing? You feeling good very about good. it? Oh, very great. Good. Great. I'm glad one of us does. All right. So today's trivia. You're a big fan, Pete? I'm here for it. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you're getting at. Okay. Today's trivia is on topical comic news. And a small nod to the legend David Warner, R.I.P. Please listen to all three options before you make your selection. Okay, it's it's comics. Here we go. Question number one. Coming out in October, it's Chilling Adventures of Blank. And the hint is there will be justice for those who are cruel to animals. So it's Chilling Adventures of Blank. Is it A, Sabrina, B, Salem, or C, Shonda Farr? So it's either going to be A, or it's going to be See, B. A makes a lot of sense, though, Pete. As well, well it's, uh, that's already out. You know what I mean? So oh, why right. would that be coming out in October? B is correct, it's comics. Mm. And I just want to say D is Werner Herzog. All right, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. Uh, Kevin, cool story. I'd like to hear more. All right, here we go. Uh, question number two. <laughs> Amazing Fantasy number 1000 is celebrating 60 years of blank. Is it A, Spider-Man, B, Small Biabodi, or is it C, Paul Giamatti? Or is it D, Margaret Thatcher? Huh, interesting. <laughs> it's interesting that we keep getting Ds in here when... Trying to throw some Ds in. Yeah, it's a great exactly. spot for us to be a part of trivia, Pete, the Ds. Yeah. yeah, Pete, you said you wanted to jump on that hot D, so I'm just trying to help you. Out. Oh, I appreciate you adding that. Yes, it's Pete. comics. A is correct. Last question, my Here man Alex, go. heating up the D's. <laughs> Dark Horse. Speaking of D's, Dark Horse has teamed up with Colin Bunn for what horror comic? Is it A. Shock Shack, B. Shock Shop, or is it C. Chris Christopherson, or is it D? Ronald Reagan or Boris Yeltsin, your choice. Oh, wow. You, well, you don't usually see an answer with a yeah, separate stuff answer. Separate stuff there. So it's B. either A, don't pick it, or it's B. Yes, here's correct. Is. Wow. And, Congratulations. Um, Shoot us an email at comicbookclublive at gmail.com, and we will get you a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics. And can you... Figure out what Pete's C answers add up to. And it's actually a nod to Justin's favorite movie, the 2001 hit, Planet of the Apes. Mm. And the D answers, I don't know if you could figure out, were uh, added up to meeting Gorbachev, the series of conversations that Werner Herzog did with him. (laughs) Alex running a separate (laughs) roasting (laughs) quiz underneath Pete's quiz. As we all know, comics are cool. They're coming out all the time. Pete, what are you looking forward to that's coming out this week? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I'm glad you asked me. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to Breakout number three, as well as Amazing Fantasy number 1000. They've been working so hard. And Thunderbolts number one. Wow, that's a lot of stuff with no explanation. Go ahead, Justin. I gotta give it up for Superman War World Apocalypse number oh, one. Oh man, PKJ's Philip Kennedy Johnson's epic Superman story, where he has really gone through it on War World. 
um, to a close, at least for now, there will be ramifications, I believe. Um, this Save is some it's of the, out today. Staff, bro. Really fun like... plug. Check it out. Check out the whole run. I'm going to bring up two things here. One, Ant-Man number two from Marvel, written by Al Ewing. We were mentioning trips through time, and this is a mm. super, super fun oh, trip yeah. through the history of Ant-Man. We'll be talking about that issue. And then the other one that I wanted to give a shout-out to was the Vampire Slayer number five from Boom Studios. Classic That's a good one. Well, we've been a little back and forth on the Buffy the Vampire Slayer stuff, but I love what Sarah Gailey has been doing with these titles. It's super cool. I'm excited to check this issue out because I thought the last one was super super fun and we're going to be talking about all those issues and many many more on our stack podcast as well as trouble as teased earlier wednesday 9 (laughs) a.m in the comic book club feed and also our stack feed and folks that is it for this week's show thanks for joining us couple of people we need to thank here. We want to thank Rich Watkin. Check out Digital, which is on Kickstarter now for issue three. Also, Quinn Johnson, Robert Q. Atkins, and Caroline Shuda for Elders of the Runestone. You can check out a half-off digital sale, at least as we're taping for the next two days. So do that next week on the show. We're going to have two good friends on the show are going to be here. Jim Festante and James Asmus are going to be here to talk about Dark Horse Comics Survival Street, a wild post-apocalyptic riff on Sesame Street that has become only more president with uh, HBO Max taking all of the stuff off. So, Apocalypse Survives. There you go. A couple of other things to plug. Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast running every Thursday talking about She-Hulk. Also, the Doom Room, our Doom Patrol podcast, also on Thursdays talking about Doom Patrol. Patreon.com slash Comic Book Club. Support this show and all the shows we do. Subscribe on Apple, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. At Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, grab a pumpkin beer, jump on that Don't hot do tea. And Don't you dare. Don't, Don't throw that out there. I just I'll, be I'll be a Nola. I'll be a Nola.